Hi, it's Carol. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the book, The Child Whisper. I will be taking live calls today at 347-677-1963. That's the number to call and make sure you press the number one on the phone. Um, I'm really grateful to be able to support you through the podcast, and I really recommend that you listen to the archives. There's so many great shows, so much great content, and Make sure you start with the book, The Child Whisperer, to learn the four types of energy that express through children. The type 1 fun-loving child, the type 2 sensitive child, the type 3 determined child, and the type 4 more serious child. I'm grateful that we continue to um, get amazing reviews on the book on Amazon. If you go to thechildwhisperer.com, you can click through there to Amazon and leave a review. We'd love to have you leave a review. We have many five-star reviews on the book, and I'd love to have your review included in that wonderful um, selection of reviews on Amazon. Today's topic is tips for helping young children communicate better. Uh, I'm excited to help, I think, a lot of parents. This is such a great time to learn a child's nature when they're young, and Hopefully, today's tips will be applicable to not only small children, but any age child. And I'll do my best to kind of to um, address the scope of that with the questions that have come in. The success story I have to share today is a really great one. This mom writes in, it's funny how when you put the energy out, things appear to help you heal or answers just show up. As I listened to your podcast last week, I was hiding out my office. My mother was visiting and I needed some space from the negativity and her need to continually control me and the world around her. Last week, as you read my success story on the podcast, it was so heartwarming to hear you read in my own words how I could continue to relate to my children and grandchildren. I felt my wounds healing as the realization that I might not ever hear an apology from my own mother and it's not necessary in order for me to be able to move on. You will never know what you have done for me at 52 years old. I am finally becoming the person I have always wanted to be. The person my husband has always seen and was always trying to encourage me to be has emerged. I am a type 3 energy with a secondary type 2 energy. I love allowing myself to be the dynamic woman that I am instead of trying to live in my secondary energy. I always felt like I was trying to be something that I was not. Thank you for giving me the tools to free my soul. My husband is especially grateful that I can and am now the person he has always known was there. What I have what I have learned has been priceless. Thank you so much for that story, and I'm glad that those ahas and insights are coming, and I'm grateful that we have 
a growing community of women, men, children, families that are learning to live their truth through the information and um, books and online materials that I've created that will support you in doing that. And if you've not yet checked out Dressing Your Truth, please do. DressingYourTruth.com is a life-changing program that supports both women and men and being able to use the resources of fashion and the apparel we put on, the accessories and the hairstyles, all the things that we use in our outer appearance to really then express our true nature, our energy type, and who we are as a human being. And it makes shopping and dressing and the whole fashion experience quite phenomenally affirmative and rewarding because as we dress our truth, we're able to daily feel the confirmation for the truth that we are. Well, let's get into today's topic, the t- tips for helping your young child communicate better. And my first question comes in from a mom who says, I'm a type three mom and my type two nine-year-old daughter doesn't ever speak up about what she wants. She's content to go along with what other people think or tell her to do. Even simple decisions and answers to questions like, do you want a ham sandwich or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich are difficult for her. And she often just does what her type four 11-year-old brother does. Lately, she's been getting into trouble at school. She has a type three friend who seems to be pulling her into doing things that I really don't think she'd do otherwise. My daughter has always been very sweet and kind, and I don't want her to lose her And I don't want her to lose herself because she's afraid of speaking up. I'm not even sure if that's what's going on. Do you have any insights about this or advice so I can help her communicate her wishes? A couple things about a type two and the way they respond to decisions. When they're put on the spot, to make them in the moment they're asked, it can be, I think what's coming up for her, she's freezing. It's like her energy goes into kind of this frozen um, it's immobilized. Her energies, she can't. It's like she doesn't know. It's like her brain shuts down and she's not able to then know what she wants. And so that in the moment decision, whatever's presented to her kind of hijacks her energy and she just goes with whoever, you know, whatever energy's kind of she's being. And I, there may not be you no know, ill intent. It's not like someone's trying to hijack her energy. I think. The fact that you didn't know she was a type two till recently, you figure you've got several years behind you being a type three mom with a type two child, most likely in her most formative years up to age six, you weren't nurturing her own energetic space and voice true to her nature. And so your energy was probably overriding hers, again, not consciously intending to do this, but it's just how it plays out that she would then be taught that she just has to enter comply she has to her own personal energy system kind of follows the energy of who she's with and now i find that's interesting that she has a type three friend because consider the possibility in a way you've trained her to follow what a type three female is dictating to her she's conditioned by your parenting approach in her most formative years to do what she's told to do and to not have the nurturing to have her own opinion, to know her own voice, to actually express what her truth is. And so, 
see that type three friend as a mini you and it's a big mirror to say, okay, this situation is showing me how my daughter operates with me when it's our energetic relationship. So rather than, um, you, you know, put your, kind of put that back seat and put your own relationship with her as the primary focus. Where am I still doing this to her? Where am I still overriding her energetically? When I ask her, does she want a sandwich or peanut butter? Do you give her five minutes to say, you know, go think about it and come back in a few minutes and let me know. Tell her to leave your space, go in her own space. Allow her to get in touch with her own, what do I want? And then have her come, you know, so if it's always her, you make a decision. She's not able to make a decision. She's going to make a decision that's not hers because she doesn't know what her decision is. She just doesn't know. And then the what comes up with her energy system is her throat chakra. Your chakras are energetic uh, centers that develop as we develop between birth and age 18. And she's about the time in life where she needs to be developing her own voice her own throat chakra. And so you can imagine the throat chakra is in this, it's an energy vortex. It's literally kind of off the space of the body, both the front and back sides of the body, right on the throat. And if it were me, I would imagine a spinning top and you'll be prompted enough to spin it clockwise or counterclockwise. Most people would be clockwise as you're looking at the body. So you would spin this energetic top and place it in her throat chakra to open it up on both sides to open that energy up another one is a pull to put finger have her do it put her fingertips together on her neck in the middle and pull open as though she's opening that space for her voice to now her throat to be activated and so but you've got to give her a chance to speak her voice by giving her some space and a little bit of time. And so use that. Um, and again, notice that the, the friend is representative of your your relationship with her. And she's just now repeating that with a friend. Her She's created the pattern, her pattern of how she experiences uh, being with a type three, which is you first, now with another friend. So it's gonna give you lots of feedback. Yeah, the phones are open. If you'd like to call in at 347-677-1963, I can talk to you live today. And I'd love to hear a success story today. It'd be really fun to hear how, what you either from a live show or from a podcast recording, it'd be fun to hear what's making a difference in your life. Here's a question about an 18-month-old, a little younger. They're nonverbal, so... This is an interesting scenario when parents have small children, it's an opportunity to put things in perspective. And this mom writes in, I have a type one son who is 18 months old. I'm a type four mom. Ever since my son was a baby, he's been a squealer. We used to joke that he only spoke in first soprano because his tone was off the charts. From day one, however, he has been a fussy baby and now a fussy toddler. I have wondered if maybe it's because of a combination of food allergies and boredom. He is my first, so we spend a lot of time alone. I try and get him in playgroups, but he still whines. If I'm trying to do anything, including writing this email, he lets me know he is annoyed. He lacks language skills and has resorted to using a lot of gibberish. I've been rotating his toys and trying to socialize him more, but I still have a boy who whines whines nonstop, or at least it feels like it. His whine is more of a cry, not a growl or growl like a type 3. Any tips 
and help would be generally appreciated. And so, again, I always need to know when you're writing your questions what type the mom is, because that's a big consideration in what's playing out. In this case, we have a type 4 mom, first child with a type 1 son who's nonverbal. Language skills, you know, we're not... um, at 18 months old, a child, and this is from the American Academy of Pediatric, based on the American Academy of Pediatrics, an 18-month-old child says several single words, says and shakes head no, points to show someone what he wants. And you shouldn't even, if, if your child doesn't have at least six words, just six words, that might, you might Need to, doesn't copy others, you know, once in a while they'll copy what you're saying. Um, doesn't point to show things to others. So if none of that's going on by 18 months, so we're talking about a very minimal communication ability at 18 months. And so whining has become his me- means of communication. Whining is how he communicates with you. And apparently it's worked. So apparently, what are you giving him so much to whine about? That's the, if you said he's always been a fussy baby. Um, I don't believe babies necessarily are either fussy or not. Something's off. There's an imbalance. Yeah, maybe it is a food allergy. Maybe it's he's too structured in his daily routine, or he had been as a small child. You're going to default to having a very structured approach to parenting. And now that you find that you have a type 1 child, there's a lot of pushback to you with the whining. And so whining has become his means of communication with you. Now, he doesn't have a lot of options because at this point, in his development, he shouldn't be able to speak any sentences with you. Uh, you know, a single word here and there, shaking head yes or no, um, being able to point to things, understanding what's being spoken to him definitely is is reasonable. And so I would say to you to you need to again check your own perception of what would you're expecting. Are you expecting more? And are you trying to talk reason to him? See, this is where a lot of I'll see type four parents try and reason with very small children, an 18-month-old. And then if they're a type one, I don't know if I'd even recommend that at any um, as a first option with type one children at all ages. That your approach needs to be more geared to what are what is his type one nature respond to to create a light, playful environment for him where he feels freedom where he feels there's more spontaneity and randomness now that's not your nature but what can you do to support him being the one that expresses that energy and so the fact that you get triggered by this see right away he's feeling your stress anytime a mother or father get triggered children are reading your energy they're reading the stress off of you which will perpetuate the whining so what if you didn't get bugged by the whining? What if you just, it was noticing this is how he communicates right now. I don't necessarily support whining being a form of communication, but he needs some other options. You know, I know it's been popular for parents to learn some sign, there's baby signing, you know, sign language for babies. And I think that's a real creative uh, option because it's it's imaginative, it's a fun thing, it's something new to learn. I know they taught Katie, my daughter, Anne, taught her daughter, Katie. I remember her doing some baby signing things. And I don't have a resource for you. I just know they were doing this. And I know there were resources online for communication to be 
available when they still don't have the language ability. Because type 1 children, he might not be really strong in his language abilities till he's two years, two, two and a half, three, see. You might, and so reasoning him with language to try and stop him whining isn't supportive. It's causing more stress, more strain. And so you've got to be able to respond to the situation differently and not make it such a big deal. You need to, you need to lighten up yourself about it and stop responding to him with these, trying to get him to get it through telling him or talking to him through the function of reasoning. So thanks for that question. It's interesting the um how parents can lose perspective, see, of age, what's appropriate for certain ages that we tend I'm re you know, I get a lot of questions where I feel like parents of young children have a much higher expectation of what they think their children should be capable of than I think is really reasonable. My first caller, Megan, you're on the show. Welcome. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. What can I help you with today? Well, you actually kind of just led right into my question, um, expectations of a a four-year-old. I can't thank you enough. Your work has been extremely instrumental in in our lives and my family um, over the past couple of years. Thank you. So, huge pleasure to get to talk to you. Um, So, our our four-year-old, he's the youngest of four. Um, He's a type three. And um, we we unschool. We're um, I don't know. We don't we don't label. But I'm struggling with in moments when he's pushed beyond his um, his capabilities. Um, I don't know if I'm spoiling him or not. If I need to give you an example, um, like last night we didn't. We're trying to get out of nap, and he was extremely tired, and he was asked to ask for something. Just may I have a sip of your drink, Dad? And he, you know, he just breaks down and he says, I can't say it. And he will fight you on that for, you know, hours if you want. Okay, to. let me, let me ask, let me ask you a couple of questions. What's okay. your type? Two. Okay. And tell me again, his. He's a three. Okay. So he's a four-year-old type three little boy and you're yes. a type two mom. And what's dad? A three. Okay. Where does he show most of this? Um, is it with you or the dad or his dad? Dad. Yeah, they butt heads a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so you don't. So you think it's more amplified with the his father? Yeah. And what would you say is your biggest frustration right now with what's happening? Trying to convince my husband that hugging Baylor when he gets like that and letting it go isn't going to spoil him, I guess, those expectations. And so say that again. Sorry, I didn't catch the word. Convincing your husband that doing what with him? That that hugging him and just letting the issue go. I don't know if I should give him yeah. what he wants. Or, I mean, if he is just absolutely dog tired and there's no reasoning with him. Um, yeah, that one, just, type three, a type three four-year-old, if, there's, if they're tired or hungry, there is no reasoning with them. Don't even try. Right. <laughs> it will not. It will not take you where you want to go. <laughs> and that's the right. thing you've got to like. Rather than we've got to, you don't. You can't fix the situation at hand. You've got to fix something else. They're just tired. We got to move them into bed. They're hungry. We got to get them fed. See, right? And because of their physical needs, if they're shot, 
they're going to be just explode. They're going to be over the top irritable. They get way more irritable when those needs aren't met. And so I don't know. I don't believe in the whole spoiling thing. I think that's a lot of our lack mentality on this planet and the Mm -hmm. ancestral programming we've been handed down that, you know, if we are given too much, somehow it's going to ruin us. I don't agree with that. I think God's given us a plentiful world and, you know, it's all about in my book, Remembering Wholeness, I teach the fact that the, the new challenge is not going without to be spiritual. It's allowing and and being affluent and being spiritual and living a prosperous, abundant life and being spiritual. You know, to mm-hmm. me, it's easy to go without. And, you know, we've been playing that game a long time on this planet. So I don't agree with the whole spoiling. I, I don't believe in that you can spoil a child. I believe... We can wound children. I think we're more apt to wound them by um, operating from that belief system. I believe we're passing on our lack and, and poverty consciousness when we operate from that space. Okay. And that whole idea that we have, to, our children need to go without so they can learn. So they can learn <laughs> what we had to learn to go without, only to then be miserable. Right. <laughs> you know? no. I just, I don't agree with that. So... Okay. Um, have you read remembering? Have you read remembering wholeness? I have not read that one. Um, I, I'd read oh. it for yourself and read it for yourself, and you're gonna understand what I'm teaching. Has every? It's very, very spiritual. It's very timely for um, what we're, we're our opportunity is. And then when you said trying to convince your husband, that's tricky. See, I I I'd go about your own under. Again, your husband's a type three. He's going to push back at you if he feels like he Mm -hmm. has to defend himself. And if you're trying to get him to see something or do something, he's going to push back and not be as inclined to be open and listen. So I'd kind of be more sensitive to what do you need to kind of just pursue in your own learning and personal growth and parenting experience and your own personal experience and then let the moments present themselves where those opportunities can be shared rather than trying to get anything to be understood. Okay. I think we come up against an energy that shuts us down. And as you're a type two, it's, you're going to get really timid about wanting to say anything. So you've got to wait mm-hmm. till, I mean, God wants us all to grow. God wants us all to be re, you know, living our truth. So he's going to orchestrate scenarios so that your voice will be heard and received. But you gotta you gotta be sen- sensitive to now's not the time or this is a great time I I'm gonna share this <laughs> yeah that's exactly right thank you okay. so much thank you you're welcome thanks for calling okay. in my next caller has a success story Danielle welcome to the show thank you Carol hi we've spoken before and I wasn't gonna call in today because I don't want to get annoying but I just um. I did. I, this topic's perfect because I. Well, that's something you need it. to clear. Let's all heal, all of us type threes. Let's heal that from our childhood that we can be annoying. I'm going to join you in that today that we've been told many too many times we can be annoying. So let's let that one go. Are you are you willing to do that sure. with me? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, you took my call, so I'm I'm with you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So thanks for having me. Um, so obviously I'm a type three mom. Um, I have uh, three kids, um, uh, two high energy kids, a three and a one, and then my baby is this sweet little type two. And 
I think he's been trying to tell me that he gets a little overlooked. And um, <laughs> he was, last week, uh, it just came to a head of both my husband and I. My husband's a type 2. We just, we were, we just almost had to just leave the room or leave the house because he was screaming and whining so annoyingly. <laughs> and, of course, we have these other kids that were, you know, around mealtime were trying to figure things out with them. So this was a recurring problem day after day. It was driving me nuts. And, but so I just have to share this, that this whole paradigm shift that Child Whisperer has given us in this energy profiling is no longer, you know, it's no longer, oh, what can I get, what can I do to get this kid to stop screaming at me? But it's more of like, why is he screaming at me? Okay, he's a type two. I love how you, um, I, I want to take a moment and just reemphasize what you just said. What can I do to stop this behavior that you now know to say, why is this behavior showing up? I think that's, that's exactly brilliant. what it all boils down to. And yeah. that is a huge But you made it shift. so true to your type three, you made it very practical and <laughs> The, the differentiation of it. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, so it worked great. And, and it, I, I really do. I think coming from that child whisperer paradigm of understanding the types, it does. When you ask that question time and time again, I keep getting inspiration um, of he just needs you to meet his needs sooner. You know, and so that was the hit that I got. And so I said, okay. From from this moment on, and um, you know, I woke up one morning and just like, okay, this is what I'm focusing on today. Every single time, I'm going to try to preempt his needs, and when he does communicate his needs to me, I'm going to respond swiftly because it's my job as his mom, especially at this age. They need to know that their needs are going to be met. That that's totally okay. And I right. think in my in my hurriedness, in my let's get as much done as I can in a day. Um, it was more becoming annoying rather than my focus, and it should be my focus. So it was a big aha moment right. for me. And I'll tell you what, it it's pretty much it, it's managed now. And and when he does start that screeching whining again, that's just telling me, reminding mm-hmm. me, okay, nope, Joel is just as important as these other two that are maybe a little bit more yeah. demanding, a little more vocal in their nature. And so I've just really been trying to meet his needs before he gets to a point that he feels like he has to speak up um, in that way. And it, it's just made a huge difference. Right. So, so, yeah. So it's That's been great. Awesome. So thank I love you it. so much. For, I love yeah. it, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so thank That's you. wonderful. Yep. Appreciate the call. Thanks. Bye-bye. I have another success story from a type 1 mom. Hi. Teresa. Hi, Carol. Is this Teresa? Yeah. Hi. Welcome. Um, my success story is about my 12-year-old type 1 son and my um, 5-year-old type 3 son. And one day during the summer holidays, <clears throat> the 5-year-old was just, it was like he just got off the bed, got, off, got out of bed on the wrong side. Like just everything was just setting him off. He was crying and screaming. And, and I said, hey, Logan, do you want to go run and play outside? Because that had worked one other time recently because I was just starting to learn about all the child whispering stuff. And he's like, no, he's so mad. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't think of what else. It's just like quickly. And my 12-year-old said, hey, Logan, do you want to um, play fight? 
and Logan said, okay. So they went on the living room floor and just wrestled for like probably a good 20 minutes, just steady. And at the beginning of it, Logan was like just, you could tell he was just letting out so much anger. And by the end of it, he was laughing. And um, I was just so, I was so impressed with the whole thing. And um, I was talking to my 12-year-old son after. I'm like, that was really good. That was great thinking what you did there. And he said, well, I just um, thought, like, that that's what I would want to do if I was feeling like that. And I just thought it was really cool because it's almost like a double success story because not only am I learning child whispering, but my 12-year-old is learning child whispering towards his brother. So anyway. Um, I love that. That's what's cool. When a parent can stand back and watch this all being kind of, you know, good things happening within the family group, you know, because yeah. the more aware, people have more awareness. Everyone in the family has more awareness to make healthier choices. That's great. And what a bonding moment for these two, you know, that's, that creates friendship yeah. that's lifelong then. And that's what, you know, I yeah. recently, um, I was looking through some old blog posts and one of a real, one that I guess has been really popular is how I supported my children in becoming friends. And that's a perfect example that they are developing a friendship that will, even in their age difference, be sustainable into their adult years. So, so many, oh, so many good things happen with simple, small things. It's awesome. Thanks yeah. for calling in. Like- like you said, oh, sorry, yeah, um, I was just going to say. No, like go you ahead. Once you, once you start child whispering, you just kind of get the inspirations. Like stuff just kind of starts moving even by itself. And that was kind of, to me, that was an example. Yeah, it kind of becomes a and game felt- in a way. You feel like you feel like a, a C, uh, you're on a CSI. Like, okay, what's really, <laughs> yeah. what they're showing me isn't what's really happening here. <laughs> like a detective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that too. <laughs> I know you said that in one of your oh, other shows. Okay. That child whispering is kind of like detective work, and it's it's helped to think of it that way too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sometimes I know for I'll you too, as a type one, makes it makes it more playful, more of a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not really great. whining because of this. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me get my uh, Sherlock Holmes cap on. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's great. Well, thanks, well, thanks for, for calling every- in. You're welcome. You're welcome. Bye. Bye bye. Got another um, question that was submitted by a mom, and this is I love this question because I, this is just wonderful. Um, this is a prime example of what happens with some type four children. This mom writes, "I'm a type two mom, and my type four seven year old daughter is constantly correcting my husband and me. She says it's not behind the chair; it's on the side of the chair." When in fact, it could be either behind or on the side, depending on someone's perspective. Or she says, it's not freezing outside, it's very cold outside. I want to support her in perfecting nature, but it's a bit too much. How do I honor her gift for perfecting and also help her communicate in a more appropriate way? I need to teach her that it's not always polite to correct someone. Um, Great. First of all, congratulations that you even know that she's a type four so that you can, again, put this in perspective to say, Okay, my child has a tendency to very to be very literal. So uh, I don't even know if it's about her perfecting it. It she is very literal. Um, so and she has a right. I don't know what if she said it's not freezing outside. It's very cold outside. What if it wasn't a correction? What if that was just her opinion? 
say you're taking this, if it's triggering you being corrected, where in your life have you been corrected by type fours, that that was a wounding, um, that there is some old shame, you know, that's coming up for you. Because you could actually take this, take it out of the she's correcting us way of looking at it too. It's not behind the chair, it's on the side of the chair. Maybe teach her how to say, I think it's on the side of the chair, or I would say it's very cold outside. So she has a right to her own opinion. Um, and then again, this is a little bit of a fine line because you're going to be more likely as a type two to accommodate people kind of in, on a default where it's not where you'll sell yourself out make sure you don't cause any discomfort so you're worried put this in perspective again your type 2 nature is concerned about causing any discomfort or awkwardness for other people by your child having a more literal opinion of the world and so you don't want to shut down her own opinion to say she why can't you say well I would say it's freezing outside or well it looks like it's on the side of the chair so and it's like everyone has a right to their you know, it doesn't, no one has to be right here. It's like, well, I say this, that's your way of saying it. And that she starts to learn that, um, as you educate her without the question to ask yourself is how do I support her without shutting down her own take on the world and then her right. And then to know when I would hope in your own family system, it's safe for her to say whatever, she says without it if it's offensive to you and your husband that's an opportunity for you to look at what buttons are getting pushed in an op because if you're coming from a place of wanting to correct something because you have emotional stuff coming up you'll do it in a lesser effective way when you do it from a place of clarity and a place of inspiration to know what's, how can I support and influence this natural tendency of my child so that they're still being true to themselves and making choices that then can, are considerate of others. See, so there's that factor. How does she say things? How can I support her in learning to say things that has some consideration, that has the consideration of others in mind? And you can in these scenarios, so it'd be, like I said, um, rather than correcting, encourage her to have her own opinion. How would that sound differently? And for you to say, thanks for sharing your opinion. You know, thanks for sharing your way of seeing the world. And that's fine. We don't have to agree that we see it differently. You do see it differently. You experience it differently. You know, just your, your energy types are um, influencing that. So pray about this. I think you, I, I trust you will know what's correct here for you to support your child without um, sending her a message you don't want to send her. My next question comes from a mom. I'm a type four mom. My son is a type four. My son is a type four six-year-old, and when he gets frustrated, he calls his dad and me nasty names, or he hits us. He struggles to make friends and is very quiet and lonely at school. He says he doesn't have any friends. I am worried because he has trouble communicating. I think the fact that he's so reserved and doesn't talk much, maybe the reason that he doesn't have many friends, or when he does communicate, it's often in the form of lashing out. What do you think is going on here? 
there's a lot of anger there. Um, my son, who is a type four, when he was little, I didn't know he was a type four, and he was the youngest of four kids at the time. And by the time he was six, seven, oh, eight years old, he would get just irate. He would just get so frustrated. He'd say things that were mean. He'd stomp off to his room and say, I hate all of you. I want to die. And I didn't have the insight I have now and the information that I now operate with understanding human beings. To be able to understand that was a red flag, a cry for help, that he was being treated as though he was an extrovert and he needed to be in the world. And he's, he's a very much, he's definitely outgoing by his terms, definitely confident in who he is. And he's very much his own authority, but um, there's some anger going on there. And again, he's six years old and you're just learning about his nature. And so there could be some um, pent up anger based on the fact that if you've been a type four in his world, you know, that's a balancing act of two people that have an instinct, uh, have their own instinct for what being an authority in their world is. And, and again, read the type four section in my book, The Child Whisper. And I also would read It's Just My Nature. So you can have the adult perspective of what it is to be a type four. So you can come together in a partnership. And how can you support him in connecting with one or two people at school? Could you talk to his teacher? Could she get involved? He or she get involved here and is creating a space where he could, who she might notice who he's kind of drawn to. He doesn't need a lot of friends. So maybe the teacher could help facilitate some things in the school environment to create one or two friendships and then have some get togethers with one of these kids, just one at a time. So talk to your teacher, look at where's this anger coming from and good opportunity when he's only six to support him. And type four children are usually pretty advanced in their language abilities. Um, it's just how much support does he feel in speaking what is correct for him? And at six years old, it's not like he can really put together what's going on very easily. You need to lead that conversation and help him. Again, watch my videos on there's a great child whisper blog post on how one of the most important things you can say to a child, which is tell me more, to really learn, are you a good listener? How good of a listener are you? Or are you listening, hearing, and then telling your child what to do and then taking over? And they, some great, a really good blog post on how to apply that, how to be a more present listener to be able to relay back what your child's saying to you, to use the phrase, tell me more, and to continue to nurture their ability to express themselves. We cut our kids off pretty fast, so I'm sure my producer will find that blog post and put the link up in the notes here for today's show. So check that out. It's a really great post that will support today's topic of communication couple um, new blog posts I want to tell you about. There's a great one that just went up on the Child Whisperer blog last week. It is called Parent Involvement Ideas for Dads and for You Too. This is featured. The uh, blog post is an interview. It's a video post. It's an interview with my daughter, Anne, and her husband, Tanner. They have a really healthy partnership and they have a partnership approach to parenting. Both mom and dad are just as involved in their daughter's life 
There's um, they don't have a traditional parenting scenario. There's is very much a partnership. So check that out because there's some great ideas for how to get dads involved. Then on the Carol blog, the true cost of each of our negative thoughts. This is a TEDx video that I found that's exceptional. It's a study that's being done by a by a woman that's a uh, I think she's a social worker and really interesting how our minds that grab onto these negative thoughts and how to shift that habit. Really good information there. So listen, you know, it's in your moment of frustration, I'm going to reiterate what our caller said today. You want to stop the behavior because you're tired, you're irritated, you're frustrated. I understand that. What can I do to stop this? Because I don't want to deal with it anymore. Because you're just in fr from a place of frustration, you want it to stop because you want more cooperation, more peace, more just a, a environment with what you're seeking is harmony. So that's a really good motive. Your motive is great. I want to stop this because I want to hurt my child and I want them to, sh and I want to shut them down. I recognize that's never your motive. Your motive always is when that first impulse is, what can I do to stop this behavior? Is because you just want everything to work a, with a little more ease and a little more cooperation and your kids to be happy. So great motive. So to achieve that, it's better to ask yourself, why is this behavior showing up? So remember to use those two questions. Thank you to my caller that presented those. Thank you to all my callers today, all the questions that have been submitted. You're all amazing. Remember to go to The Child Whisperer on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Child Whisperer. And thank you for liking the page and also liking The Child Whisperer podcast and sharing it with more parents. Share the book. Let's get this information out there so we can help more children and more families experience what all the goodness that you are all experiencing. Let's all make a difference in the world. Thanks for calling in and thanks for listening to today's show. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.